Thank you for tuning in a cup with comic. I'm Brian Cop, more with comic Ian Chronic. Ian Chronic, how the hell are you? Ugh, fine. <laughs> Just fine. How come? Because I have to be talking to you. What no, no, fuck? no, no. <laughs> you, got know, better, you got better sick. things. Yeah, you got better things to do. And we're going to talk all about them today. We follow you everywhere. You are Ian Chronic on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's check it out. You got it. You're the funniest Ian Chronic around. You got him on both Instagram and Twitter, but also a pretty actor resume heavy website, ianchronic.com. Oh, yeah. My website is incredibly shitty. So I. <laughs> It's actually pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. Like you don't have to put money into pictures and graphics if you got this resume to choke a hippo. Uh, Yeah, well, I do choke hippos, but it's a sex thing. Um, No, my website, I have absolutely zero technical skills. I'm so bad with computers uh, and I barely speak any Spanish, so I'm not equipped to live in the 21st century uh, in any way. They said Uh, I should have slaughtered slaughtered you as a youth, huh? (laughs) Yes, yes, they should (laughs) have. put me on the side of a mountain so that I die, but then I come back and I kill my dad. My mom, you know, it's, a, it's an Oedipus reference for those of you at home. Yeah, no, he doesn't really want to have sex with his mom. That was a reference. That was a very yes, yes, reference. referencing classic play Oedipus. Um, what I was saying, that's what would have happened if they tried to sacrifice me as a youth. So thank God none of us had to go through that. But I mean, he's doing all the acting, but he's also keeping up the comedy. What do you got coming up as far as shows? Uh, well, let's see. I'd have to, let me, can, I, can I minimize this and check my Google calendar? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, I'm not, I'm not even sure. I mean, Zoom is still going to work, right? See, that's how bad I am in technology. Um, <laughs> well, I'm looking at your feed right now and you were, uh, you had some pink cupboard shows. I mean, you got any, uh, is, is pink, is, is the tiny cupboard, pink church at the tiny cupboard, is the tiny cupboard, is a tiny cupboard closing down because it's losing its lease or not? No, I don't believe so. Now, I've, I've heard otherwise, but you're more juiced in than I am, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. I, I, hear, I mean, that doesn't mean that things would stop. I think that only means that they will, uh, they'll just kind of, you know, find another venue, but maybe that's not data information. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope not. I mean, I, I did a couple of tiny cupboard shows during the pandemic. Uh, um, I mean, because they, they, during, I mean, during the pandemic, like it's over. During more quarantine time, <laughs> I was... Uh, I did some rooftop shows. Yeah, uh, hobo. Did you do um, hobo, hobo Cop up there, which is the funnier name in the history of time? Oh yeah, that's by Candace Cook, a great comic, a good friend of mine. Yeah, she. Um, I. Uh, wow, you've done your research. Um, I got a little creeped out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Candace uh, had me um, had me host a couple of uh, of Hobo Cop shows at uh, at the Tiny Cover. She has since moved uh her show to uh the uh the grizzly pair on tuesday nights which is okay. on mcdougall street uh but i have i can't well i'll just uh, name some some dates i have coming up i'm at uh last call comedy at the bridge and tunnel brewery on thursday january 20th i'm at not so pc comedy at the producers club on eight o'clock on friday the 21st i'm at very good comedy at broadway comedy club at seven o'clock on february 8th uh, and i'm doing the barely making it Instagram show at eight o'clock on February 16th. So I expect everyone listening to this to come to every single one of them. If every, you don't, you don't love me. Every single one. And he's not barely making it despite the fact that he is making it like crazy. And what we're going to talk about yeah. real quick is the fact that he just makes a living just fucking being an actor. And one of the things that he does is uh, reenactment shows 
which I fucking love. I think I was watching one last night. And I think these are of the true crime. I mean, you'll take any gig, I suppose, any any paying gig in which you're using your, your tremendous acting chops. But um, I think you've uh, kind of done some true crime reenactment to the point where you're actually using it as one of your credits, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how this like, comedy bill shows. Take any job. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've done, I've done uh, many of those. Yeah. I, um, a while ago I did, I did a show called evil eye where I played a serial killer, yes. uh, named, uh, Roy Norris. It was a real guy. He and his, uh, and his partner would drive around in a van in Northern California in the seventies. And they kidnapped and did some unspeakable things to five women before they got caught. And they saw uh, and you. So that, they saw your audition tape, and they were like, "Ian Karanik's the guy for us." Did you look like him at all? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> if I did, but I remember right after my episode aired, my sister called me, and she goes, "This is Ron Norris. I just saw you on the TV." Uh, is he alive in jail now, or is he death row, or what? Or this is an older. No, I, th- I believe he's still in prison. Yeah, or at least oh. he was when um we did. Uh, this was way back in 2012 that I did that. Um, but uh, I. I believe he's yeah they are I, they're both definitely in prison for life uh, and so yeah what kind of what, what got you started on that and are you interested are you interested in them in general like are they always showing your face or are they just kind of showing you moving around the scene with your face cut out if you don't look like the guy or what uh no I mean you you see me pretty uh pretty well in the in those shows the only um which yeah it's like everybody knows that I'm a huge creep um but uh yeah, I mean, it's a little frustrating because, you know, I mean, they let you improvise and sometimes, you know, you have like a really good scene, you feel great about it. And you're like, oh, man, I really want people to see this. And then they just overdub you. Oh. Uh, so with just narration. So, I mean, they see you, but I mean, they very rarely hear you. I mean, well, I mean, it's, I mean let, let me tell you something. Sometimes because I'm doing like 15 things at once, I will let the TV go on, but put it on mute. And so sometimes you're the only person I see. I don't give a shit about the narration. Oh, well, hey, that's that's the important thing. As long as as long as everyone is staring into my eyes. And, <laughs> and can you play? I mean, did you know coming up in all of your kind of literary theater training, your Shakespearean on the stage and and whatnot that we can see at ianchronic.com? Like, did you think that, man, I can really play creepy pretty well? Who knew? Uh, you know, everyone always sort of told me that I, I mean, I remember I, uh, even when I was, was first started, uh, you know, dating, uh, I was trying to hold on, <laughs> this is going somewhere. Oh, this is great. I, you know, I'd be on a date and I would try to, you know, look sexy to the girl and she's like, you're <laughs> freaking me out right now. This is not, you're not looking cool or sexy. You're kind of creepy. So that I is like, true. Right, cool. I, was, I was about to think that was the joke. You're creeping me out, <laughs> no, bro. It happened. It's oh a God. thing that happened and it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to never try to do that then. Let me uh, just never, the moment you try to look sexy, you just look like you're about to drag them into a basement. So uh, can you do that? I mean, is there any way that you can lean into that on stage? I suppose like because your credits are that, I suppose some of your material can be that during the comedy show and they'll be like, hell yeah, this is what I signed up for when I bought the ticket. Uh, well, you know, I really, I really should. I mean, actually I did, I do have one bit about, uh, about one time I, I got stood up, uh, for a, a, a woman I met on OkCupid and I was looking for her, you know, in the bar and I couldn't find her. Yes. And so she was uh, blonde. And so at every blonde woman in the bar, I was just staring at to see if I could recognize her. 
And then I realized later that everybody there definitely thought I was a serial killer. Yes. You love blonde women. That's what you go for. That's your trigger. <laughs> I was looking for a particular one that night and she didn't show up. But that's a bit, like, a that's a sketch, right? That's a sketch any, right there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a sketch where, I mean, you can be like, oh, there's this actor who plays this shit on TV and he actually legitimately had a date and she legitimately stood him up. And so here's footage of him in a bar trying to scout her out and they arrest <laughs> you. Like, like, are you doing any of this stuff with sketch? I mean, now that you're just the fucking evil, creepy motherfucker, I mean, it's easy <laughs> to cast you for these kind of indie films, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't um, I haven't played uh, 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 anybody creepy on an indie film or a, a sketch. But I, uh, hey, I'm I'm open to anything. Uh, <laughs> take no yeah, opportunity lost. But I, and I guess the, the bigger question is, how the fuck are you getting booked by big commercial brands after you've done stuff like that? And I'm not <laughs> referring to your seen, acting work. Uh, I'm re- referring to you scouting and you know, scalping chicks in bars, scouting chicks in bars. <laughs> yeah, luckily the casting community uh, were not any of the bars on those particular nights. Um, yeah, I. Uh, um, well, what was uh, what was. Um, uh, I remember right after I got the the serial killer job, everybody was like, "Ha ha, you're gonna get typecast," and I was like, "Ha ha ha." And the next three roles I played were a guy stalking an underage girl. Oh no! Um, I mean, so like in in the moment, do you feel this is fucking wrong? I mean, or is it just like, okay, oh. there's a bunch of cameras on me. I have to, you know, I'll, I'm a professional. It's like love making scenes, except for creepy motherfuckers. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I do. In fact, I mean. Um, uh, I'm worried, like, please don't cancel me for this. I'm talking about my acting process. Um, <laughs> I, one pro- of the yeah, what's they, the process on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that they, uh, that they drilled into my head in, in drama school is you can't judge your characters. And by that, I mean, they mean that uh, nobody thinks of themselves as the bad guy. Right. So you have to at least understand why a person can rationalize to themselves why would they why they would do something terrible so wow, we're doing a scene that is dangerous there's a, yeah, a tightrope right? you're walking right now as you speak because you're like i mean even in the ted bundy documentary some detective was like you know some people want to get in the mind of a serial killer i pride myself on, a, on an ability not an inability to do so or something like that but you have to try to understand the rationalization if if you know i guess even even well, in talking here you should be like dude's crazy i shouldn't even try to rationalize it and try to get inside his head yeah, well, I'm an actor that's a little bit more important than being a homicide detective, okay? Um, no, but uh, I, uh, I, in my mind, I just, when we were doing a scene where we had her in a van and she was like bound and gagged. She has and... a name, Ian. She has a, a name. <laughs> her name was Maggie, okay? She's a wonderful actress, very nice person. Uh, but uh, she was playing a character who was a, a victim of these horrible guys and in my mind, I had an inner monologue where I was going, she deserves it, she deserves it, she deserves it. Uh, and that's, I was going in my mind, it's like, well, she deserves it, so this is okay. And then my conscience was going, what the <laughs> fuck, this is wrong, this is evil, but I had to go, shut up, conscience, I'm pretending. But I, but I guess fun. that's cool, because it really is just important. I think I read a Michael Caine book a, a million years ago about you know film acting, the fact that everything can be so subtle that all you have to do is think these things and so you having a tormented conflicted inner monologue even even if it's about kind of processy things is kind of what the serial killer was probably doing in his head at the time so maybe your eyes showed it correctly uh maybe i mean i i uh i don't know but 
I mean, I'm hoping that he perhaps at least had a moment where he's like, maybe I should have been doing this shit. But oh, you're like, yeah, there's no, yeah, yeah. Some of those people, I think they're like, oh, the dark creature takes over and stuff like that. So I imagine there's a, you know, a slight bit of torment before they let the dark creature in, the quote unquote other being. Yeah. is not responsible. That's so funny. But your, you know, your eyes or whatever, they must have showed at least, you know, a little bit of thought process, which is kind of important for actors. You can't be totally blank, right? Uh, yeah, no, no. Well, I do have just dead cold eyes anyway so um uh, how, how the fuck did this all happen like like you know you know you have such a acting resume and you're obviously successful at acting like what also made you think i need to do this well you must have been like i have to express myself theatrically all the time and one way to do that is through you know comedy because you can get up all the time uh well i mean i love i love acting and i love stand-up and I, I love them both. And I, I can't really say that I love one more than the other. Uh, but I mean, they both just satisfy a, a different part of myself. Um, and I've, I've really kind of always wanted to, to do both. I mean, I, I, even when I was a kid, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 37 years old and I, you know, I used to watch a lot of TV and movies that were too old for me. I mean, you know, Betty White just passed away. I mean, I used to watch the Golden Girls when I was like in first and second grade. Oh, sure. Me too. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm older and, than you, but yeah, I watched it too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, and I, I loved it. And I mean, the Golden Girls ended uh, the same year uh, that Johnny Carson left The Tonight Show. And I remember I was eight years old and uh i watched johnny carson's final show i guess i guess you're right yeah me saying that i did too it's so stupid because you're like dude you're missing the point brian i was fucking eight and watching <laughs> 60 year old women in the prime of their sexual peak you know it is weird <laughs> so why <laughs> yeah, why is that what is yeah what is it about you and are they different parts of your being that are being scratched or do you think it's just i don't know two parts of this you know two sides of the same coin which is like you really love not only that, you know, is one more audience response is one more expression, self-expression, or are they both, are you getting off on both of them? They both give you attention. They both give you a validation. They both give you an, a chance to express your inner monologue. Uh, well, I'm not getting off on anything. You sick fuck. Um, no, no, I, uh, <laughs> he's calling me the sick fuck. This motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's in vans and shit. I justified murdering a woman uh, in a van. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, stand up is certainly, uh, you know, a different animal because obviously you get uh, an audience reaction immediately. Uh, you know, if a joke works and you get a laugh, you get that dopamine like, mm, ah, it feels so good. Uh, but and obviously if it doesn't, it's, you know, it's the opposite. But, yeah, what's that you know, with acting fuck? and what? What's that chemical? Chemical. When when you bomb, you're like, well, fuck, man, fight or flight. Man. <laughs> yeah. That chemical is just gasoline directly into your fucking veins. Um uh but uh no i yeah acting is just uh it's a different thing i mean i think part part of the reason why you know I, I i love acting so much is um in real life i'm not confrontational at all i hate uh -huh. conflict and confrontation so much but in a scene uh you get to kind of play it out in a way that nobody is actually going to have hurt feelings afterwards you know uh -huh. You can simulate like you, these awful things, yeah. Yeah, you basically. Simulate these scenarios, right? It's like, yeah, if yeah. I kind of was like this in real life, there'd be real consequences. But here, I can almost uh, 
I don't know, to put on a play and, 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 and kind of feel something similar without real life consequences. That's kind of like a serial killer. I think it's <laughs> yeah. like in their normal life. They're, you know, like uh, I just watched the thing on the BTK killer, which is playing constantly on the one channel and, you know, he had a very normal life and um, he just wanted to, you know, tie his knots in perfect ways. when it came to, you know, it's like, I want to tie my knots. I want to, you know, put these people in knots and that's how I get off. And I can't do that in my day job. <laughs> on these yeah, little like, plays. Just become a boy scout leader. Like, <laughs> You can you know, use just these go knots. camping, dude. There's but boats out there that you could use knots. <laughs> you just dive some boats, man. <laughs> go to the dock, Jesus. So, what what are um, you focusing on in your act, though? That kind of, um, you know, that you kind of needed to get out. I mean, like you know, with acting, you're using other people's words and things. Hopefully, when it comes to serial killers, but you know, on stage, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about that you really needed to get out? Uh, you know, it's really funny because I feel like going to therapy actually made me a better comedian. Ooh. Um, okay. <laughs> you well, kind of needed a little bit after playing serial killers or something. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's true. But um, yeah, I, um, I, uh, I feel like some of the stuff that I, you know, that I've gone through, you know, I never really uh, uh, processed in any kind of way that even approaches healthy. Uh, and then once I did that in therapy, I was able to find what was funny about it. Um, and, and not that then, I was necessarily what and before then you were not able to like you kind of thought oh these are secret thoughts that nobody wants to hear I'm kind of ashamed of them I'm not dealing with them but when somebody was like oh shit no what you're what you're thinking is truly normal and here's other ways you can think about it deal with it they gave you tools yeah yeah I, I'd say so um, I don't know if necessarily like oh I'm ashamed or, or anything like that it's just that um, I mean shame is something that's uh, definitely one of my issues my therapist could tell you that if there weren't occupation confidentiality but your therapist will be on. No, your therapist is here right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and here she is. Oh shit. Um, no, I. Uh, um, uh, what was I saying? Therapy, oh yeah, no. Therapy made you a better comic. How? Right, right. Because it's like I, I would talk about the stuff in therapy, and then, you know, once I would leave the session, I would sort of think about it more, and then I would, and then my thoughts would inevitably turn to like, well, what's funny about it? And then I would write it down, and I would do it on stage, and I'd be like. Oh, thank God. You know, it's like I can, you know, and I think any any comedian will tell you that any uh, horrible experience, no matter how awful it is, is totally worth it if you can get a bit about it. Yeah. But I mean, is that your forever phone is kind of taking stuff from your past and tweaking it and seeing what's funny about it? And then in doing so, do you kind of act it out in a theatrical way or not really? Uh, wait, you mean when it, in stand up? Yeah, stand up. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, I mean, I feel like any time that you, um, no matter, you know, if you're in the arts, I mean, anything that you uh, uh, go through, you know, if you can, you know, write a song about it or, or write a, you know, a, a script about it or stand up or, or, or painting, drawing, whatever, and then you work it out, it's just like, oh, well, you know what, it, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, not that it doesn't cause you pain anymore, but it's like any pain that it causes you is secondary because it's like oh in a sense it's like well i own it now because i've made it uh you know it 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 really belongs to me in a sense of you know i I, i'll be able to turn it into something that uh you know turn it into something uh beautiful Um, until you get a heckler that's what i thought i mean that's just a i I, I love that you and then they ruined it (laughs) I love you. You own your shit, but like the more most, the more personal it is, the more it must be almost traumatizing again when a heckler (laughs) interrupts it with something fucking stupid. 
uh i don't know if it's traumatizing again like i I wouldn't say like well this is exactly as bad as the emotional abuse i received from someone who supposedly loved me uh no and this guy being fuck you yeah that's, that's the same no but it's just uh i mean hecklers are irritating because it's like you know obviously the audience is there to see you and it's like they're they're ruining the they're ruining the the rhythm of the joke yeah um uh and um uh, yeah i mean this and i i can't remember if i've told this story in podcast before but so forgive me but uh i mean there was it's it wasn't a heckler but one time i was performing in the winter time and uh it was snowing on the ground and I was still wearing the boots that I wore when I was on stage. And I was in the middle of kind of a physical joke and I slipped and I fell really hard on my hip and I was in a lot of pain, but all I could think of was fuck that ruined the rhythm of the joke. (laughs) I'm going to sue tiny cupboard over these fucking slippery roofs. Ruined the rhythm of my joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- well, this was no. Don't worry, tiny cupboard. I'm not. No, they'll actually sue me for slander if I. This was this was uh, at Joe Franklin's comedy room a long time ago, which is not there anymore. Um, I'm a, I'm kind of a lawyer, so I will happily defend either side. But like one of the final <laughs> questions I have is going back to the twisted notion that eight year old Ian Karanik is sitting there watching sixty year old women in pastel blazers <laughs> sharing cheesecake. What was it about that? What was it about that that kind of intrigued you as a young person? Because that that will tell me more than any sick, twisted shit I see you do on TV. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just I just loved the characters and they were so funny. So it's like yeah. the fact that and, I, and that's uh, that's something that I guess has always sort of carried throughout my life is that I don't care what it is or who's doing it. If it's funny, I yeah. like it. Yeah. And I mean, that, the, the final question is, what serial killer would you share a cheesecake, a cheesecake with? Oh, all of them. <laughs> because I need them as a source for my next project, which is, of course, another <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... true crime reenactment. Because they're like, dude, we got a twisted motherfucker. Who do we get? Ian Chronic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's as soon as they see me, they're like, that's the guy. <laughs> I love that the old girlfriends are like, dude, you creep me the fuck out. You're like, yes. <laughs> Another acting angle. Thank you, girlfriend. Past or yeah. Um. So real quick, he's Ian Chronic. Twitter. He's Ian Chronic. Instagram. We're going to be re- retweeting all his funny stuff on Twitter. But also, if you want to see this resume that somehow spans the most evil shit, but also, <laughs> I mean, evil shit current and former, because you were also in Shakespeare and shit like that. But also some of the bigger brands. I mean, watch out because you think that like then you know he's. I think you've been on SNL a couple of times, but you're like, dude, this well, guy who's in this SNL sketch, I didn't know that he also plays a serial killer on TV. Uh, yeah, true. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I also, so um, my, uh, to spell my name, Ian Karanik, it's I-A-N-K-O-R-A-N-E-K. Please do follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also uh, YouTube because I have, I have some sketches up on there. Nice. Yeah. What, what kind of, do you have any project coming out? Like as far as sketch that um, you're real proud of, or that they just up on your YouTube? Uh, well, there, there are a few on my YouTube and I, I just wrote a sketch that I am hoping to uh, shoot in the next few weeks. So uh, please, uh, please check that out when it, uh, when it drops, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, then it will tell you yes. when it comes out. Yes. I love that. I mean, he's not only a great actor, but a great stand up, but also a great promoter. So Ian Karanik, thank you so much for coming on. No, Brian, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun.